You've bitten off more than you can chew, haven't you? Doctor, I mean to have that creature dead. Romana will make canine kill it. No, no, she won't. She won't. She'll refuse, you know, won't you, Romana? Yes, I'll refuse. Then Corella will kill her. Point the dog against the rock! <laughs> It's episode two, Monster Mash. Oh, what of? <laughs> We're mashing up the monsters. Oh, right, yes, okay. As we talk about the worst monsters and the best ones in television's Doctor Who. And the complete menagerie. Doctor Who. <laughs> All that and more. Almost. Doctor Who. <laughs> Started, yes. We've only been doing this for three and a half years, yet we completely failed to open the episode. Intros are our thing. My name's Greg. My name's I'm... Terence Dix. And I'm Sylvester McCoy. And we are... Spoons! <laughs> Almost complete. Uh, menagerie. Men. Menagerie. Men. Most. And the Doctor Who. The episode... You are orally men. <laughs> He's a hungry man. Uh, well... I went to the doctors. He said, get me his having table. I said, are you going to examine me? He said, no, I want to sweep up. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst Peter Davison impression I've heard for years. He was a doctor, of course, a veterinary doctor. Yeah, he was yeah, veterinary, yeah. wasn't he? He put his hand up the bottom of a cow. It, well, it wasn't the bottom, it was the... Oh. Right in, was it a boss more of a... What? A JJ? It was a hole. Well, they were getting up there, weren't they? I always used to think it was a bottom until I saw a video. He's pulling out the hands, isn't he? <laughs> um, what are we doing today, Samuel? What's on the agenda today? We're talking about monsters. This is the Monster Match. B-E-M. There were monsters in Doctor Who. Yes. And we're talking oh, about the best ones and the worst ones. But before we go on to that, we've got some letters, Greg, in the post bag. But we also have a line. Well, do you want to seed the line first? Because we forgot in the last episode. Well, we didn't yes. forget. It wasn't scheduled. It wasn't scheduled. You but forgot it... to schedule it. What we forgot to schedule the line. Uh, so the line is thus. Seed it. The line is thus. So, you've at last succeeded in escaping from your long exile on Earth. Huh? Congratulations. What are your plans now? It's a good one. Well, uh, <laughs> would it? Are you, I might get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Is it a double bluff? I don't think it is necessary. I think it's a triple bluff because <laughs> <laughs> we, we've triple locked it to make sure that the Anglicans are okay with gay marriage. So we're forbidding them. From... No, 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 no. It, it's, it's not a double bluff. No. So it's, is it a bluff no. or a double bluff? Or no, no. It's is fairly this, straightforward. So it must be. Bluff. It must be uh, when old Pertwee starts to roam around the universe. Well, first. I, I can't remember. I think it's col Colony in Space eight. is on his way. He leaves Earth in Colony. But who space. says it? Um, is it the master? It must be the master. Are you going to say it's the master from Colony in Space? Well, that, I'm not confident about Colony in Space. It doesn't sound like it. But that's his first travel. From, right. Should we give it a stab? Give that a stab? It's the master in Colony in Space. We were together on I just touched Sam. <laughs> First time in an erogenous zone. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know how to do a hand slap, so it was we like yeah, a handshake, it was hand one. slap. Of course, British. I know what an erogenous zone is. I know you can't part there after midnight. <laughs> Jeez, anyway, so well that was done. Well, we we guessed the line. I think that's the first time we guessed the line. <laughs> Instantly. 
as a person that isn't Greg. We don't even need Greg. to pour seeds the line. It was just, uh, it was just, yeah. it was just given, and we we got yes. it. Well, let's get the old tin open, Greg, oh, and yes, uh, yes. go we, through the post. We have some more uh, listeners, listeners' questions. Peoples of the universe, please attend carefully. The message that follows is vital to the future of you all. He's 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 uh he looks like a child. I don't know if it, is this appropriate. Tom, you've insulted him <laughs> in not so much I before you. Even... I'm just tiny. <laughs> it looks like a child. No, it looks like a. Give small the guy boy. a break. All I'm saying is, it looks like a small child feeding a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it does. Is it Ainley's rock from? Uh... <laughs> From the five doctors. You can't tell. I mean, there's only about three pixels in there. <laughs> it looks like a little boy oh, hugging a rock. Maybe it's his son. Maybe it's him. Either way, I don't want to upset you. Sean Bassett. Right, let me read the question. Is Donald Trump actually the master disguising himself as a human as he did with Professor Yana? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a reference to the new yes, series? Yes, exactly. So we're ah. disappointed in that. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about the new series. Professor Yanya. That was played by uh, I Claudius, wasn't it? Let's talk about Donald Trump and the master. Is the, is Donald Trump the master? No, he's charmless. Will a woman make the same as a man? And do I get to choose what I do with my body? You're going to make the same if you do as good a job. The master's charming. Mm. And intelligent. And, yeah, urban Not, and witty. I think, if anything, Donald Trump would be more sort of like... Uh, Creature from the, the Bankers. <laughs> yes, or, or like... Um, is it John He's Stratton like an Ogron. An Oglon or an Oglon. Or to Doomsday. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Monarch. 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 He's more like Monarch. He's more like Monarch. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. The master is blessed with tact and finesse, and uh, Donald Trump is not blessed with either. So, moving on. Back into the tin? Yes. How many do you have left? Well, let's get through them. Oh, one more after this. Okay. This is from Professor Quite a Mess. Yes, I think he's like a serial question. Um, which famous historical figure would most have enjoyed colony in space? Oh, that's appropriate. <laughs> um, we've just had a line from colony in space. Remind me of what happened to colony in space. <laughs> Actually, it's a really good novel, not such a good TV show. It's um, about the mining thing, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's about the last bastions form. of humanity moving on to a planet which they Maybe can't Maybe Arthur Scargill then else would enjoy it. Or... It's farming versus uh, mining, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who would most enjoy it? I think Jeremy Corbyn. He's a historical figure. You are not prepared to discuss the whole issue of the Middle East. You're not prepared to discuss the wider question. The wider question is, Hamas, Hezbollah are part of a peace process. Even the former head of Mossad says that there has to be talks involving Hamas. I've also had discussions with people from the right in Israeli politics who have the same view, possibly. Um, <laughs> you get shot. I mean, I had a little... He's, he's history <laughs> now, isn't he, Jeremy Corbyn? It's, it's history now. Was. I had a little uh, think about it. I mean, because I, I did um, 
I came up with Pope Julius II. <laughs> right, of course, yes. And the, the, re the reason I say that is I think if Pope Julius II had seen Colony in Space, he would have quite liked it. Yes. He would have sneakingly enjoyed it, even though there were suggestions of uh, life on other planets and you know, other planets even existing. I don't think he would have minded too much. I think no. he would have had a sneaking respect for it. What was that? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Tom, maybe, <laughs> if Pope Julius II had seen it, he would have uh, said to Michelangelo, Base God on the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> on John Pertwee. On John Pertwee. And God would have had an almighty conk. Shoes. What was his catchphrase? It was, uh, out about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm sure you would have enjoyed it. You're probably right. Yes, my rather pathetic attempt at you was Arthur's Gargoyle. The more serious answer is Pope Julius II. Yes. Uh, think... Next question. Oh, yes, next question. Final um, question. Uh, it's your turn, correct? Okay. Not that Professor Quiet again, is he? Uh, it's from Dylan Reese. Hello, Dylan. Thank you. Who's at Dylan Does Films, and he looks like he looks at, uh, on the picture like he might be in a, a military uniform. It's either a military uniform or a Hawaiian shirt. Huh. I'm totally sorry. It's printed out in black and white. It's rather difficult to distinguish. It's either Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart or Jonathan Taylor. Question is, if Jeremy Corbyn was a Doctor Who character, <laughs> which one would he be? I've also had discussions with people from the right in Israeli politics who have the same view, possibly. Well, who, who one, wants probably. to go first? Come on, you, Sam. You, 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 you well, pause into this one. There is a character in uh, Doctor Who and the Dinosaur Invasion who is Jeremy Corbyn. He looks very similar, doesn't he? And he, he behaves like Jeremy Corbyn and is, I think, who Jeremy Corbyn modelled himself on as an absolute <laughs> cunt. <laughs> yeah, sadly, he has become that. But you can't say such things, so somebody else should say. Yeah, you can't. Well, that's you say the, what the you catchphrase like. of the left. No, you can't say such things. You can say what you like. You can't can't say, in this can't podcast, say you can't say such things. <laughs> well, Once the left, you I, cannot I, say things. I've had a religious experience and got off him. Uh, you can't say such things. Well, I have said such things, and it, you know, it's well, only a matter of time disowned, before Tom, it. Put this on the social medias, and, and people will we're recording. We're recording this the day after the, <laughs> the late district voted against Corbyn to go for the torch. So we're, obviously, we're all uh, boycotting Kendall Mint Cake <laughs> <laughs> furiously. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting my chops around for this to Kendall's Mint Cake. Oh, Tom, that's going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So what's the answer, uh, Greg? Well, I, I thought long and hard about this, and I wondered if maybe it was Clifford Rose out of Warrior's Gate, but yeah. then I thought that Clifford Rose, his character in that isn't quite as egomaniacal and yeah. quite as uh, uh, an ideologue as Jeremy Corbyn. And I thought, is it Pigbin Josh? And then I thought, <laughs> I thought no, no, Pigbin Josh's dress sense is far too good. And then I realised who it was. It's a mashup between Colin Baker and The Sixth Doctor. Because everything is always somebody else's fault. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a hit with uh, viewers or the, the electorate, yeah. but you know, it's there's always somebody else to blame. That's a really good. And point. Uh, both incredibly bitter, vain, uh, and arrogant. Um, but at least you could fucking sack Colin Baker. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Should we should we not do much politics this season? <laughs> Dylan's obviously asked us that this is a leading question. You Dylan, you rogue. <laughs> Dylan's obviously very naughty and obviously very bright because he knows that we're going to give some haughty responses to that. Yeah. You'll know through this podcast that we've evolved with politics. And initially, we, have, yes. we were somewhat open-minded about. I was pro. -cool. Somewhat open-minded about Jeremy. You were pro. Greg, you were quite sceptic at the I, time. I lived in Glasgow um, for four years. I've seen the hard left. I grew up near Liverpool, so I know what the hard left yeah. are like. And I've never liked them, and I never will like them. 
And I think he's no longer in favour. No, the, the, no, the tide has turned. It turned after Brexit, didn't it? It turned for me, yes. Mm. Do you know the number of net losses so far for Labour? At the time of us doing this interview, I think the net losses are about 50. Uh, there are actually 125 net losses so far. Well, the last time I looked, we had net losses of 100, but obviously this is a moving picture. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Dylan. That was a, a probing one. We're, we're moving straight on now into the time lash, and we're talking about the best of the worst of Doctor Who monsters. Can you allow me to finish? Uh, well, Do you mind? Oh, but it's all arranged. Maynard and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. Prepare the time lash. What is a monster? Monsters, Inc. What is a monster, though? It's an alien species. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for that question. Isn't it fucking obvious what a monster is? I don't think it is. Big blue... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> monsters are green. Green. The monsters are monsters are green. Monsters. monsters. B-E-M. But what is a monster? Well, we've just said... That sort of thing. Is Davros a monster or is he a character? He's a... Or is he a monstrous character? He's a monster. I don't know. Come on. He's a monster. No, he's not a monster. He's waving his arms now, Tom. Oh, yeah. just yeah. Just, just no, the Ogrons or the Oglons. How do you pronounce that? I said that. Oglons. Oglons. They're monsters. Yeah. The uh, Daleks are monsters. Okay. Anything particularly humanoid, like the Grafinder K, is not a monster. No, no Davros is kind of a bit of both inside. I think he's a monster. He's a, he he's is a monster. Humanoid. He's monstrous. He's monstrous, but he's not yeah. a monster. Well, Adolf Hitler is a monster, but also human. Yes, Donald Trump's a monster, but he's so, a human. When's the first Doctor Who monster? Is it that creature that's in the slime pit in the Daleks? You know, the one that comes out and then grabs it? Or is it the Daleks oh, yeah. itself? It's probably the Dalek is a monster. You know, the Dalek is a monster? Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. Daleks are the ultimate robots. They're the best monsters. They're not robots. They're not robots. They're monsters. They're not robots. But they're robotic. Not a woman. If you they're, ask, they're if you ask the, uh, the average liberal democrat in the street, <laughs> yeah. they would say that the Dalek is a monster, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. They'd say, they would say, they'd say, they'd say, uh, well, uh, I think I think I'd have some horse. The wider question is, Hamas... I think uh, the Daleks. <laughs> because that's what they are. Because that's what they are. But then if you ask most people, name a Roman emperor, they'll probably say Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a monster! <laughs> No, he was, was he, he was late Republic. No, he was never oh, an emperor. God's sake. Yeah, but you did classic. You know this stuff. I've got an MA. <laughs> I read Mary Beard's book. It was very good, but I have very, 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 very little memory of anything in it <laughs> because I'm a thick yes. People, If you ask people, name a Star Trek character, they'd probably say Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock, who yes. Was, it was, he was the, the, the child-rearing uh, child expert. Yes, dead now. Yes. Name a name a Sherlock Holmes catchphrase. Elementary, my dear Watson. Yes. Uh, name a character from Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the monster, wasn't he? Although he wasn't the monster, he was the doc name of the doctor. Name the robot from Doctor Who. The Darling. The what, 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 yeah. what did what did <laughs> Shatner used to say? Beam me up, Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> hey! Did he not say that? No. What did he say? 
energise Mr. Scott. Uh, yeah. Uh, never said be news. Hate news. Uh, so, uh, so we're all wrong in everything, aren't we? That's yes. the whole point of this uh, uh-huh. episode. Uh-huh. But we're talking wrong, about wrong, monsters. Wrong. Doctor has no shortage of monsters. Yes. And it's what children love. And yeah. what's our memory? What's our favourite memory of monsters? And monsters. Monsters, monsters Inc. What, what monsters disturbed us as a child? I, I mean, because I, I watched it before you watched it, because you read the novelisation. No, no, Well, I'm, I'm three weeks older than Tom. <laughs> yes, you are. And we're about four years older than Sam. Sam's the very much the, the boy of the group. <laughs> he has he has a pube now. <laughs> Where? Straight out of his arse. <laughs> All the way round. Oh. <laughs> Don't yank on it. You can cut this. Your eyes like water. I'm not cutting that. I'm not cutting my only pube. <laughs> Never cut it. Never cut it. Let me grow back even more tenderness. <laughs> like in the seeds of doom. <laughs> Genesis of the Daleks. Uh, when you sort of see the, the, sort of the innards of a Dalek, that, yes. that put the woolies up me. A bit creepy. Tell us about what put the woolies up you. My, my very first monster was the Lucosa, the Lucozade, the Lucosa, which was in um, Mind War. Which oh, don't give me big... that. <laughs> but that, I was four. It's scary, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was scary, it had big black teeth. Yeah. And, and this is where we're getting into a contentious issue, really. This is why I wanted to bring it up in terms of what is a monster, because Syl always used to really creep me out. Yeah, he's a, he's a monster. And he is a monster. And at the time, the, the show came under an awful lot of attack from left-wing groups. <laughs> Just to get more <laughs> Things haven't changed. <laughs> Things have not changed in the show, saying that um, John Nathan Turner was using disabled artists oh, that as was monsters. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think that was a really big he thing. He was using disabled like, actors. Yeah, that wasn't Come a big on. thing. That and Neville Shaban is brilliant. He's great. He's, he's loved, absolutely he the part. brilliant. He's yeah. still going. He's a great yeah. actor, and he's now like he's actually a brilliant actor. He's the best yeah. thing in Doctor Who when he's and, and a homosexual. So he ticked loads of boxes. 
Yes. <laughs> Back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. But even so. He also had a beard at one point. Yeah. Did he have a beard? Yeah. Which is not very fashionable in the 80s. So we've got the Daleks. I can't think they of are whether, whether, whether there's monsters. I'm, I'm trying to think of any grey areas about monsters. Like there isn't any. Yeah. So I think Sam's having an argument, but we're not rising to the It's not saying that not every alien race is, is awful, or that if you're a monster, you're awful. You know, you could no. you could look like I mean, this was the thing about. Um, Frankenstein. You were saying Victor Frankenstein's monster yeah. was. Um, he was all right, really. All right, really. Yeah. But a victim of his own circumstances, he was never given a he name. He was a victim of his own success, wasn't he? he was, yeah, uh, yeah. So could you... He got too big for he, he looked monstrous, but he wasn't a monster. Okay, so is the ultimate monster Morbius? So the ultimate Victor, monster is Victor man. Frankenstein. <laughs> exactly, Victor Frankenstein is the monster. Yeah, Sam, what do you think of that? Yeah. It's a little bit <laughs> that Morbius was actually the brain of Morbius, not the scientist. But no, hold on. <laughs> I'm Pretty trying to get much. that joke to work at some point. It doesn't quite <laughs> go, does it? <laughs> but we're going to talk about the really rubbish ones. Victor Frankl. There's no shortage. And one that really stands out for me, in one of my favourite Doctor Who stories, Caves of Ampsani, there's a monster in it, and you don't need one. The Manga Beast. Is it the Magma Beast? Is Man that Manga. Manga. Stephen yeah. Manga. Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Japanese dragon. Is that what it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd originally used it in Fort of Doomsday with that sort of uh, Chinese uh, dance. <laughs> dance. So then they brought it back. Say no to Spectrox. Say no to Spectrox. Don't do drugs, kids. You're, you're wrong, Sam. You do need a monster in a story. You need a giant clam to clasp That's, that's, that's what JMT says, though, isn't Sarah it? Smith you always need a monster. Of course you do. And it's, it's, in every Doctor yeah. Who story. Not every Doctor Who story, but it helps to sort of give the kids something to have nightmares about. And it, it, to fix it. Because kids don't care about the, the wrongs and rights and the wares and the wife wars and the morality and all that stuff that we as boring adults do. They just go, oh, the fucking monster. Ah! Okay, so they act it out. School the next day. Do the best stop two stories have a monster in them? Yep. Well, what are the, what's the monster in the Happiness Patrol? They do that. And this is the point, though. In the Happiness Patrol, um, there is the Candyman is the monster. Yeah, the, the speed beat. But there's also the guys underground as well who look monsters. Yeah, but they're yeah, yeah, not yeah. monsters because they're nice guys, aren't they? Talonsman Chang has a giant rat. It does. But also, Genesis has. Jack looks like a pizza. He does. He's looks the real twisted. monster is Helen A. What yeah, but that, that that's quite a rich story. That's quite deep, though, isn't it? Well, that's the McCoy era. The McCoy era always subverts what you expect. But throughout Doctor Who, do the best Doctor Who stories have a monster? Yes. I think they probably do, don't they? The boring ones don't. Yeah. Well, which ones don't? I can't think of any that don't. Well, there's the Edge enemy... Of destruction. Edge of Destruction. Enemy of the World doesn't have one. Oh, gosh, no, it doesn't have one. Is that the recently one that they couldn't get through? With they, Patrick Trout, there was much Mexican. excitement. They tried to they dug it up, didn't they? Found yeah. it again. <laughs> Africa, and there was a reason why it was missing. <laughs> I'm going to destroy the world! <laughs> you want to try the accent again, Patrick? No, I'm happy! <laughs> <laughs> it's not brilliant. Actually, both of those discoveries are slightly disappointing. The Yeti, yeah, they're yeah, a good yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry? The Yeti. The Yeti, yeah, the Yeti. Yeti. You wouldn't want green. to come home and find one sitting on your loo in Tooting Beck. No. I don't live in Tooting Beck, that's probably why I wouldn't. <laughs> the Yetis aren't scary, though, are they? They're just, they're just mildly amusing. They're interesting as a concept, but they're not frightening. Oh, they are. What about, um, yeah. Big, what about the Mara? <laughs> what about the Mara? Because yeah. that's, that's in the mind, really, isn't it? It's all the mind. mind. Yeah, but even in episode, uh, the last episode, when that big snaky thing comes along. That's in, the uh, monster. In Kinder, that's the monster, and it's horribly scared, terrifying. I quite like, like the Mara. I think it's quite good. You like the sex of the Mara, don't you? <laughs> well, it's quite it's sexy. It's what? like a willy a and a c***. Snake snake. <laughs> 
big head. The boys, their boys. Don't worry, I'll beep snake. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is, it is. It's quite scary. The vervoids, terrifying. They really scare me. Well, that's me. very sexual, scared. isn't it? It's yeah. a very sexual monster. That's a vagina yeah. and I, a penis. I, I really found it scary that they had those poisonous thorns in their hands. That yes. Really, that, something very, very troubling about that. It troubled mm. me as a kid. Yeah. It's a really and tell you what, that um. That, uh, that 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 episode one climax of Terror of the Vervoids, where Doctor Who um, undoes the, the covers of that thing, and there's that uh, Ruth, you know, the the uh, scientist who's oh, been yes. experimented on. She, she, she's a monster, but only by dint of the fact of how she looks, because yeah, she, she can't do them any harm. This is no, the point. No, no, this but, is the but, point. Isn't still it? We're scared of monstrous things, aren't we? We're scared mm, of yeah. the, not, the not we. Yeah, as, as they yeah, say in Doctor Kinder, yeah. It's that has actually really had a big impact on me, that cliffhanger. It yeah, frightened the hell out of me. Did you remember that one, Tom? I don't, no, no, no. What was the first Doctor Who cliffhanger you remember? Because you read all the books before. Because it's probably got a monster involved, hasn't probably it? Probably the best cliffhanger of all time in Dragonfire. But there's a big monster actually at the heart of Dragonfire there is. as well. There's always a monster. It's based on alien, but it's not really monstrous. It's quite so all tame. these monsters and, and you know they always threw them in, but old Sidney Newman, he didn't want them, did he? The old BEM. BEM, he said, no, let's not have them. He was wrong. Yes, he preferred Audis. Yes, but he was wrong though, <laughs> and that's quite interesting. Wrong. He is. Wrong he was. I think he was thinking of low sci-fi, but the best sci-fi has monstrous elements in it. Exactly. Something yeah. scares you. You've got to have the sort of the, the grisly bits uh, for the kids, mm. and then the more interesting bits for the older. Well, what's our, what's, <laughs> our, what's our favourite monster then? We've talked about the first one, but what's our f I know what my favourite monster is in Doctor Who of all time. Do they, they have they, one? They didn't have one. Visually, I like the, the Daleks. The Daleks. And I like the Zygons. I mean, my favourite monster is, is uh, Stegnos, who's a Dalek and a human being oh, together. Yeah. That, that's in uh, Revelation of the Daleks. <clears throat> oh yes, yes, yes. That yes, yes, is yes. the most terrifying moment in Doctor Who, and it's a monster. Um, what was Clive Swift in it? Yes, yes, that's the one. The I think the, the, in terms of design, the Daleks and the Zygons were good. Yeah. In terms of, I didn't particularly Zygons like the Daleks in, in, yeah. in, in, in their stories. They got a bit dull, didn't they? But, but uh, who I don't know. Greg, Greg, do you have any time for the Ice Warriors? I do. I love the Ice Warriors. I mean, I, um, I most from the Trampton era. I think they look rather silly in the Pertwee era. Tassy. They became a little bit less, they became a bit emasculated in the Pertwee era, didn't they? They became a bit nice, didn't they? But the ones that scared me as a kid, Vervoids, the robotic cleaners from Paradise Towers, um, the Hemophiles in... Um, they were good. Because yeah, yeah, they're very well designed. They're good, actually, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, so so are monsters are crucial to Doctor Who, really, aren't they? They're, you know, they're, they're yeah. a base element that you need to have. You've got to have episode. that sort of negative force, haven't you? But um, it became more sophisticated as time went on. So just because something doesn't look human doesn't make it monstrous. Something could appall us. Something could be... But if you saw, if you went outside and you saw something um, lying in the street that had been run over, it could be a human being or anything, you, you would find it monstrous. You would find it terrible to look at. But you might well be sympathetic. Um, so there has to become a certain be sophistication. Evil, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it just because something is out of your realm of everyday experience. I mean, you go outside, you can see thousands of different species that are non-human. You know, trees and plants and fungi and mammals and, and all these things are non-human. You know, we share our lives with non-humans. We, we, we. At what we, point do we stop it on this? <laughs> losing the thread somewhat. <laughs> We owe our existence <laughs> to non-humans. We, we owe it All to right, the Brunofsky, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> to, to pump out oxygen. I'm, I'm, I'm imbibing Tony Beckley now. 
<laughs> but so you know, um, just because something doesn't look human doesn't mean it's it, there's something not right about it. Yes, which leads us perfectly into the time space visualizer, which is our next segment where we're talking about the creature front pit. It's a time space visualizer. So, Tom, tell us about the creature from the pit. Yes, this is a, a monster mash in many yeah. in many respects. There's a big monster in it. In it. They're all in it. Um, so, right. So, I'm re- uh, sort of praising the plot. Doctor Who, played by Tommy Baker, Tommy B, lands on the planet Gallifrey. <laughs> Look up what the planet's called. I always forget the name of the fucking planet. Anyway, he lands and he's got. Um, there's a little. There's a little scene in the TARDIS, isn't there? That's nice. I like that. Um, uh, Leela isn't in it, <laughs> but it's just, you know when you're sort of watching it, you go, oh, this again. Planet, this, the planet Chloris. Oh, well, that is quite important actually, isn't it, mm. uh, for the plot? Uh, but they 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 are they're on this planet, and uh, and it's not Leela, it's Ramana, and uh, she's wearing an extraordinary dress, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no tits to speak of. <laughs> You've but, said uh, that before. But, uh, but uh, there she is in this and, uh, lovely woman, though. <laughs> Divorced from Richard Dawkins. Yes, but this is pre Dawkins. Uh, sadly, the Dawkins thing went tits up. <laughs> well, at least you found some tits. <laughs> Anyway, before we have the the Jermaine chuffing with our tail, so they and they're in this amazing set. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on, is it on film set? You know, they, 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 yeah. they shot some at Eden, didn't they, Graham? Yeah, it's and really so the, the the jungle stuff shot on film. It just looks like a very expensive TV Incredible. show. They they yeah. spunk their load on on that, and then they couldn't afford a monster. Bear in mind, it's the first one they filmed of the season. It's wonderfully uh, rich. Money was spent. Yes, and, and uh, immediately get um, captured by uh, some baddies, yep. um, led by a rather uh, exotic man with a beard, that, that commander guard type. Yeah, it's uh, quite hot, isn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's like a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing that get-up for that beard. You think, strolled out of Shoreditch. Very silly. Just come from his cereal cafe. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, and they've got these rather uh, the, the, the bind weeds, the wind weed, what are they call buddy windrush, the weed, the weed monsters, the, bind, the weed bind, the weed monsters, the weed monsters. They attack. Uh, There's no uh, mention of who played the bind weed in the cast. I can't. Uh, okay. Well, they're, they're 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 not too bad, are they? they you know. So this is whole de- daring do. Oh, a, the wolf weeds. Wolf weed. That's wolf, wolf, wolf weeds. Weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, there's a there's on this planet. <laughs> it's one of these. Stock Doctor Who planets, sort of a civilization yeah. that's slightly uh, rubbish, uh, led by this lady, a lady, a lady, a lady, a lady who, who's got silver in her face. She's very nice. She's lovely. She's like a prototype of Margaret Thatcher. She is a bit, she's she a bit is. harsh, a bit shrill. Point the dog against the rock. But then there's, there's the comedy uh, cavemen types, who I thought looked like the like, like wizard. One of them looks like Roy, <laughs> Roy Wood, the main guy. <laughs> what? Well, played as a Jew. Brilliantly, very <laughs> funny, but very much like Fagin. Well, yeah, yeah Fagin yeah. dressed like Roy Wood. Oh, wow, 
It's Would good. you get that now? No. Uh, no, 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 but just very good because they're after metal, aren't they? And, and that's what that's what. Ooh, why are they after metal? Metal. There's not idea. much of it. There's not yeah. much of it. No, not the much planet. of it in the planet. So, so they're after metal. Lady Attractor. 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 Lala Ward's there. <laughs> Canine's being a bloody pain in the arse as usual. And he uh, sounds like um, C-3PO. Who does? doesn't Canine, sound, yeah, he doesn't sound the, like Canine. It's, it's David Bryan, isn't it? It's yeah. a different guy. And I noticed mm. that immediately. It's like, guy. Slightly too expressive in a way, I think. Impressive. Is that an influence from Star Wars? Is it like, I will now play as a, play oh, as a prissy... Is Android is he prissy? I think so. Yeah, What's the influence? But it's like he reads books and he's he's very argumentative. I'm yeah. like, I hate this canine even more than the other versions. It, yes, if it's possible to hate canine more <laughs> than this. Anyway, so so yes, they get involved with in capturing, letting goes. That's the setup. The Doctor throws himself in this pit, uh, yeah. which is uh, which a is bloody good cliffhanger. Actually. It's all right. Yeah, he's down the old rope, down in the, uh, the, the old mine, and. Uh, uh, there's a terrifying creature within the pit and uh, hence the name hence the name the creature in the pit <laughs> so uh, creature from pit he then bumps into uh, is it Cat Weasel yes yes Jeffrey yes! Bailden from Leeds from Leeds yeah yes. wonderful actor still alive they said <coughs> uh, uh, but you said not so well right? not so well he's in his 90s <coughs> yeah but not well and he was in a long term relationship with well Yes, because it's time for <laughs> Section 28! They have an inalienable right to be gay. Yes, Jeffrey Belden, a real-life homosexual. Bonafide. A lifelong, unapologetic <laughs> homosexual. Fully paid up. Unrepentant. Fully paid up. Yeah. He was in a long-term relationship with Alan Rowe. He yes. was in Doctor Who several times in the Moon Base. Uh, probably best known for Horror of Fang Rock, the and lovely white He's hair. also one of the deciders, isn't he? He is in um, Full Circles. Yeah. He's yeah. got lovely hair. Yeah, so also, um, so uh, Jeffrey Belden also played Cat Weasel, most missed. Yes. Wasn't Jeffrey Belden in Wurzel Gummidge? He yes. Was, he was the horrible one. The Crow Master. Yeah. The Crowman. The Crowman, that's right. He was yeah. wonderful in this. And he was gay as, gay as anything. Homosexual. Well, there you go. He was also in... Um, uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed. But he's the sort of homosexual that you makes you want to be a homosexual. You know, like you you see Jeffrey Bell on the screen, you think, well, I want a bit of that. <laughs> no, I'd like you know. You want to shag Jeffrey Bell? No, 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 no. I want to be him. He's I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's all right for you. You actually are a homosexual. <laughs> it, but all poor. If you're listening to this and you're in a lonely bedsit, thinking, oh, would it, would, would, I'd be glad to be gay. <laughs> Jeffrey Bell is the, is the sort of person when you watch him on the couch, you think, God, wouldn't it be great to be queer? And, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, be a bit exotic not, and a bit interesting. And, because he's know, not an outrageous queen? or what? Just because he's, he's got that intelligence and mercurial mm. nature. He's just so wonderful. <laughs> Section 20. <laughs> We're closing the door. must be closed. Door man closed. <laughs> okay, that's section 28 closed. Uh, Thank goodness. So, because we're coming to the. Cyber controller is quite gay. <laughs> <laughs> the door's closed! The door's closed, Sam! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep, them, keep them 
give him in section 28. But That's he, what he, I he's say. quite a gay icon. Shush! <laughs> Close that door! <laughs> Sorry. Now, we're coming to the crux of it. Uh, and that's the, the, the creature. The creature. It's incredibly shit. Babu! So, yeah, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? It's rubbish. Well, there's a big issue there, isn't it? We can go on and talk about the story, so that you're, uh, the creature Stop is... banging on about poverty, so... But the, the, <laughs> but the concept is quite brilliant. Well, let's get to the concept in a minute, because the, the, that's the sort of the denouement of the story. It gets developed a bit, blah, blah, blah. That's the setup. I've just given the setup. And I think it's time to talk about how bad the creature is in terms of it looks but just awful. it changes. Awful. At one point, it comes, around, it comes around the corner as a ball sack and a penis. Yes. Yeah. And then it but changes yeah. later on into like these two little tendrils, which Tom fellates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Effectively. Yes. He, he yeah. really does fellate. I mean, there's something that's happened backstage or I've often in the production a, there I've where they've changed why a it. Blowjob is called a blowjob because it's more of a suck job, really. <laughs> but he but then, he gives a blowjob. Tom job. really does blow. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderfully written, it's a wonderfully written story, isn't it? Is it? it Douglas Adams is involved in some respect. It's his first story that he scripted it. Yeah, so it's really it's very witty funny. And funny. I mean, the the, the 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 some of the lines are great, but. In yeah. terms of the concepts as well, I mean, I, I, I've been critical of the Graham Williams era, but I think this is a really good example of how it can work. It's a good story. It's a great story. And I suppose the only problem is, it's such an amazing idea that this, this, this monster should be so big. Mm. And, but then how the fuck are you going to realise that? And Even should, now, how the hell would you make they it? They should have known that. When they were yeah, so basically they, they shouldn't have got past the script idea mm. because it was such a great idea for a novel. Yeah. Not but you know what, they, they'd TV. already failed with it with um, Seeds of Doom where the, the, yeah, yeah. the crinoid, the big... The, the yes, big crinoid, wasn't, it just looks like a, a yeah, mattress but that wasn't and crow. With this, he's always, he's always these that These big son. monsters always fail. My question to you, boys, is that does it matter that the, that the monster is utterly shit? I think the problem is there's a tipping point where like Kroll is bad but it's not awful Creature from the Pit is shockingly bad it yeah. looks like a piece of stretched plastic over well, that's uh, probably what it is you know it's shimmering isn't it, it? It's, a, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing when you were watching it were like, dad, if, if you were in the what, 70s it's, and your dad was there reading the, reading the paper and looked over his paper and go what this why are you watching this rubbish have you seen that and then that would be like in, in the office the next day yeah. oh that Doctor Who it's, it's wonky sets it's well, rubbish exactly someone said we'll shine a green light on it it'll look amazing it'll look translucent it'll look... It didn't but it's work. not just seen it briefly it's seen no. quite a lot but it comes around the corner on wheels my answer to my question is that I don't think it matters I think it's, it's, it's actually you know I, I'm, I'm you know, I'm often quite critical of, of Doctor Who, but I, I just think it was such a great well, story. The, the it thing about it is um, that the, the monster is a monster, as we would define it, but misunderstood. Oh, we're back to that again. Well, it is misunderstood, though, because it doesn't have a voice until in the last is it two episodes. Doctor Who gives idea, it a voice. Yeah. yeah, so you're led to believe that this dreadful creature that's down this pit that they sacrifice people to... Yeah. Oh, and incidentally, did you know that the old man in episode one was thrown down the pit? Directed Tomb of the Cybermen. Well, it's yes, Morris Barrett. That's it, yeah. yeah. And Barrett. he's a terrible actor. I was quite glad that he got thrown down. <laughs> <laughs> and he reminds me of Michael Winner. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that kind of quality to him. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah. I think the lesbians have come over with considerable dignity and you've come over as an arsehole. Not a great director, but a great no, guy. Have you guy. seen Death Wish 3? It's fucking terrible. Oh, no, no, yeah. his movies are awful, but he was a great guy. He was <laughs> great, guy. Me great guy. Great guy. <laughs> So yeah, the monster. The monster is not really 
the evil one. It's, no. But Adrasta. It's Adrasta. She's killed Adrasta. off at the end of episode three, isn't she? I, do you know what blew my too. mind about Adrasta? And I thought, why is it an attractive, Carmen Silverity, an attractive yeah. woman? Uh, Adrasta is but Myra Francis, right? Right. Mm. Who I didn't know who that was until there was some notes I was researching on the interweb. He's good at him, isn't he? She is the hot blonde lady in Survivors with Ooh. the fur coat in the first three episodes. Really? Who, yes. who abandons the, the guy with the broken legs. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I see it. Right. And she's, yeah, yeah. she's brilliant. So she, she has a career playing bitches. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I good. believe she's married to the man who's... Dennis Waterman. Uh, Brian May. No, the ones who's obsessed. The, the guy who's obsessed with badgers. Terry Nutkins. Who's obsessed with badgers? I don't know. Oh, Peter Egan. Peter Egan. Peter Stop Egan. Badgers. Peter <laughs> Egan. Oh yes. Well, of course, Survivors was Terry Nation's uh, show from 1977 to 1979. It starred all kinds of great actors, including Dennis Lil, Ian McCulloch, Lucy Fleming. Right, shut up. Yes, yeah, he is married to Myra Francis, and God. also he they're still married God. unless she's died. Let's have a look. I, I don't think she around. has. I think she's No, she's 73. Mm. 1977, they got married in the present. That's a lovely they story. They got married where? In the present. In the, they got married in the present, yes. Good. Which was actually when it now is gone to the past. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when 1977 right. was in the present, they got married there. Well, she's, she's incredibly rock and roll, in, yes. Incredibly attractive. She's great. I'm going to go. Would, you, lads have, would you lads have had sex with her in 1977? Ooh, yes. if you I'd have sex with her now, I think. <laughs> um, You'd have sex with her. She has also one of the best lines in Doctor Who of all time. Which is? Point the dog on the rock! Point the dog against the rock! And once more. Point the dog on the rock! Point the dog against the rock! Point yeah. the dog on the rock. Point the dog on the rock! Point the dog against the rock! Point the dog at the rock. Point the dog against the rock! Point there the dog on the rock. There she, there she rock. is. Point the dog against the rock! She's very attractive. She's lovely, and uh, I, I wasn't that convinced by her performance. As well. She was a bit one note, I thought. She looks a bit she looks good. She, she looks shirt. good. She's costumed by June Hudson. Well, wow. and the costumes are just amazing. Yes. They're so operatic, <laughs> but they are. Yeah. But, but they're kind of like the yeah. right side of operatic. They're not ridiculous like yeah. they get to in Naimon and yeah. all of that later on yeah. in the season. They're actually quite restrained in this. Yeah. But they're really interesting. But it's very funny. I mean, uh, there's the whole sort of uh, Tibetan for beginners bit. Uh, Do you find that funny? Not really, but I would have found it's it quite... funny. I would have found it funny at the time. Uh, it's the it's under. Time I watched it's, it. it's undergraduate humour. It is, but I, well, I, 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 I was an undergraduate, so. <laughs> well, I, I have on um, disc Tom Baker reading Doctor Who and the Creature from the Pit by David Fisher. What is the book like? It's bloody good. I was yeah, going to say it's interesting. To the audio, yeah, it's a really yeah. good story. If you forget all the visuals and forget the mm. fact that the monster looks shit, if you just listen to the story. It's a cracking good story. It's a cracking good story. There's a lot of footnotes as well. I was just saying to Tom, outside the podcast, the book apparently is a bit like a David made available as a podcast extra. He's dead now. It won't. We should do a spin-off. We should read. We should record everything that we record on these podcasts, such as going to the toilet, buying nuts. Doctor Who Menagerie Confidential. Totally Doctor Who Menagerie. From with all your we should stars. make a record! <laughs> the Greg Jameson adventures! <laughs> well, no, no one needs to know that one. Uh, Menagerie in distress. Pain in distress. <laughs> yeah, 
I think this is a really good story. Yes. I think it's got some problems in production, but actually it's fantastic stuff. Uh, it's yeah, really yeah, entertaining. Underrated. The last bit with the, with the with the sort of what happens to, as a sort of wrap up, you know, just so very briefly. So Eratu is uh, is, a, is doing a, is a trade. It's a bit like uh, Star Wars. It's all about trade, isn't it? That Donald Trump. Shush. No politics. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's one of my beefs with it. The, yes. the neutron star. Yeah. I mean, neutron Terrible. stars are a lot smaller yeah. than the yeah. standard star. But they're not like the size of a ping pong ball. Yeah. The it, last bit with it. It's the, 1979. But my point is that I didn't well quite you. get to the point very well in that sort of rather ranty bit. I don't know what I was doing there. But yeah, when they're trying to solve all the problems at the end, it just looks a bit naff, doesn't it? But oh, it's wrapped up very it's a great quickly. story. I think it's lovely. And what about it being the worst monster in terms of the way it looks? Well, it's, it's, in terms of the way it looks, it, good question. It, it's, it's close. But it's no worse than some other ones we've seen, such as the Slither. But in that's the 60s. only in it fleetingly. The the, the Taran beast from Androids of Tara is only in very it quick. fleetingly. Uh, the Magma beast, very quick. That one from Warriors of the Deep. It's got to be the Merca. It's got to be the Merca. I think the Merca is the worst one because they build up to it being such a fucking big deal. Yeah. Mm. And it's shown mm. in all its glory. Oh. Whereas yes. in Creature from the Pit, actually, some of the scenes, some of the scenes aren't too bad. And at least it's in a pit, which is quite yeah, dark. Quite dark yeah. And also, the, technically, how they morph it with larger scale models, so it looks like a large creature, are actually yeah. quite good. It's actually the the studio stuff yeah. with the scaled model, which is shit. But the rest of it's but really the good. First, it, well, the, first and the direction is very good. Just, uh, You've got the pathetic claw from the that uh, the, the reboss operation. That, I don't know what the creature's called. Oh, the Shirinsdale? Something like that. Yeah. Jim Dale. That's pathetic. Jim Dale. Yeah, the Jim Dale. But no, the creature from the pit is on screen, has so much screen time and is so awful, it has to rank probably up rank as, as the worst. The but the concept's good. The concept's fine. And the story's great. And Tom carries it off. We've always said this, haven't we, that Tom, mm. the Tom Baker makes the story. My wife was watching episode one and she said, God, it really looks as if Tom Baker smells. <laughs> he looks a little bit funky. He's sweating a little bit. And you think, well, is that because they're in the jungle? No, it's just because Tom's hungover, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him and the old He's got the beer sweats. So too, they're yeah. both looking pretty ropey. Yeah. They've obviously been on the sorts, haven't they, the yes. night before? Yes. What, how many uh, Tardi out of five? Well, in the last episode we gave Terror of the Autumn mm. four, so I have to give it a three. I think three's yeah, absolutely bang on. I don't think it's. I, don't think it's uh... I, I, I would I would say the same because I have to say every time I watch it I enjoy it, but it, I don't revisit it very often. It's not my go-to story. No. Is this because, and I mentioned this outside the podcast, that it didn't come out on VHS until a lot later? Yeah. We were teenagers by the time it came out, and yeah. it doesn't really make much of an impression. If, if you were That's a teenager, probably in my twenties. We I mean, I think, I think but, it was like Nymon, mid-90s. Nymon came out around about the same time, and I watched that far more often than I watch... Um, well, that's because it's Graham Crowden, Well, Graham Crowden's the big pull. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, this one's got Jeffrey Baldwin. He's not he as big a pull as Graham Crowden. He's very good. There's some great bits in it, but he gets all upset because... He, 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 <laughs> thought he was going to kill me, or, you know, sort of that bit of episode. Mm. Wonderful stuff. It was well worth re-watching and I'm glad I actually watched it. And uh, the last episode I watched, I can't remember because I got so And from the Creature oh. from the Pit, we're going straight into Josiah's library. No, 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 you two run along. I'm going to do a spot of reading. You tell me to finish this book before we reach Bombay. 
and quite aptly, I'm talking about Doctor Who, The Monsters. Oh yes. Oh yes. Which is a large hardback book, which was published, was it 92? Oh, no. As early as that. Do you have this, you guys? Do you? No, I, think, no. I think I have it. I think I got it cheap in a sale because it had yeah. some damage on it. It, it was published by... <laughs> 92, which is the year that Anthony Perkins died. Yes. <laughs> by Adrian Rigglesford and Andrew Skelitters. This book, I've got very little to say about it apart from... Don't we miss the times when we had large format books like this? I remember... They still exist though, don't they? Don't they? they do, but do you know something? They they let they, I was walking through um, Waterstones fairly recently. Have a look at that, Tom. Um, and there was an abundance of large format Doctor Who books. You know the sort of thing that makes you wretch, Greg, when you walk <laughs> through Waterstones? And it's just like, Doctor Who, the complete guide A to Z of all monsters. And this was a book that was published in 92 when no one cared about Doctor Who. Yeah. And the irony is, it's produced so beautifully. It the is artwork is fantastic. Andrew Skilleter. It's Andrew Skilleter. And the text is really actually quite interesting. It's about the background of the monsters. Whereas a lot of these mass market books now, these cash-ins, are made just for stocking fillers. And yeah. they're just photographs from the programme and like bullet points mm. about what the monsters are. This is a Dalek, blah, blah, blah. Flicking through it today, I was just like stunned by how much value there was in, the, in actually within the print in terms of the colour pages, the artwork. It must have cost a lot to put together. Well, it was and the wilderness years, wasn't it? It was the wilderness years, and how much did it cost in 90... 15 quid, that's a lot. 1992, that's a lot. You're talking. Three bedroom semi swan. I mean, you're talking probably 30 quid now, aren't you, in terms of the dates, was I love this book. My first memory of it was going to the library in Jersey and borrowing it. Ah. Oh. Remember libraries? I do. <laughs> as a ten-year-old, <laughs> and I loved it so much. I borrowed it um, for six or seven or eight weeks on the trot. And it got to the point I was going. Twenty-seven. <laughs> you wasn't twenty-seven no, in ninety-two. I was fourteen. So I was ten, and. The Christmas of 93, my mum bought it for me. Oh, what a, what a love. Um, and I, looking on that cover, I mean, that's everything I like about Doctor Who. What do you have there? You've got the Ice Lord, you've got yes. the Sun Tyrants, you've got it's the Alan, Alan Daleks, Benio. Though, interestingly, as we talked about monsters earlier, we mentioned the Daleks on the side, but they're not on the cover. Because maybe they couldn't afford to do it. Maybe they had to buy the license for it. Or maybe it. they just wanted to sort of make it more neat. And the Ice Warriors never had a, a sword like that. I mean, that's very sort of fantasy era, isn't it? The sword that he's got on It's wow. a, bit, a bit Lord of the Rings, that. Give him yeah. a give him, give yeah. it hog But it looks great. And I love this book. I think I love it for nostalgic reasons. I think a child today would have no interest in it. <laughs> of course not. You know, a ten-year-old wouldn't even sit down because there's too much text in it for a start. Yeah, you can't yeah. swipe it. It's all the digital age now, is isn't it? Because at the back it's got production methods and studio bookings. Who the oh, hell would be interested in that? We would. Production data, there we go. You know, that's very production dull. Production data, yeah. but, You know, I learned about how they made masks and did stuff um, and made monsters. But you made some uh, monsters, didn't you? You made a cyber head. Well, for a short stint, that's, that's true actually, for a short stint I was going to work in special effects. Um, and I was doing it when I was at university and I, and I did some stuff for shows. I made masks for shows, which is often how, you know, when you work in theatre, you do carnival masks and things yes. like that. We've they, all done that. They called you the John Friedlander of Holstead. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a pen-bushing clerk. Bob Cratchit. <laughs> oh well, what would have been? <laughs> and I did, I, no, I did, I did mask designs, I did some stuff for stage shows, and I did, I did some work for actually... Stage shows, what, like with Terry Malloy? Yeah, the, the um, Child of Davros, I worked on the special effects for that. And he was the mask that he wore, and all the effects. He had a special hand which he had in that Ooh. show, which I built for him. Paleo's got a past, you do. Know. Mm. 
But he's oh. seen Terry Malloy's special hand. <laughs> he's shaking it. But the thing is, <laughs> all of us have been involved in some way in terms of we're, just, we're not just writers and performers. We've all done art stuff as well. We've, we've all done, done stuff. We've, we've done stuff. We've done our yeah. we've done our time. We've been around. We're we've all been around the block. We're all jack of all trades and master of fuck all. Really. We're all jack of apes. The, the only thing we all have in common is we've all slept with Tina Turner. Yes. <laughs> what a night that was. <laughs> yeah. We'll, expo- we'll, we'll uh, expand on that more in episode three. <laughs> um, I'd give that book um, for me four and a half Tardises out of five because it's wonderful okay um, do you, you own a copy Greg what do you think I have no opinion right now <laughs> okay we'll move on I haven't on. picked it up since 1992 <laughs> when Anthony Perkins died <laughs> the moment you heard the news you know, never will I look at that book again it's bad luck <laughs> if, if you can find a copy for a five on eBay pick it up because it's a lovely book it's a lovely coffee table book you won't they'll rip you up on eBay what, for, how much does it cost on eBay? No, oh, I, I have no idea. What, I'm like just 50 saying quid? That, you know, I don't know. Well, we're pressing on from that into the index file. Greg, over to you. IF stands for index file. Yes, well, I was meant to write this uh, when I was on the train travelling up here, but of course I drove. <laughs> so I wrote it in my head whilst I was driving and then hastily wrote it down whilst we were in the pub earlier. So this is uh, very much uh, off-the-cuff kind of um, index file, as it were. Well, it's better than nothing. Actually, it might not be. <laughs> it could be yeah. worse than yes. nothing. So, um, yeah, don't get too too far ahead of yourself. How many questions have we got this time? Nine. Nine? That's a good number. It's an uneven number, two so that there will be a winner. Good. Okay, so question number one. Are you yeah. ready? Are you ready, sir? Which professor of English literature from De Montfort University in Leicester? What? (laughs) Shares this. Who writes introductions for 20th century classic penguin literature? Shares exactly the same name as one of the Doctor Who's. Is it Michael Herbert? (laughs) If you're listening, Professor Michael Herbert. Uh, Colin Baker. No, it's not Colin Baker, it's Tom Baker. No. Peter Davis. It's Peter Davis. It's <laughs> oh. a boring name. <laughs> Colin is the most boring one. I remember picking up um, uh, a copy of uh, uh, George Orwell's The Road to Wigan Pier with an introduction by Peter Davis, and I was incredibly excited. I think it was the wrong Peter Davis. and Tide. It wasn't television's Peter Davis. No. Oh, that's amazing. It was literature's Peter Davis. Question number two: What's Patrick Chowton's middle name? Ah, George. It is! Yes, I don't know why I drew that. That's astonishing that I did that. Question number three. What is Tom Baker's middle name? Stuart. It is. I didn't know that. You didn't know That's what you said. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) This episode's nearly done. (laughs) Two to Sam, one one to Tom at the moment. Uh, Peter Davison and the actor who played Salatine in Caves of Androzani. Sink or swim. Situation salad comedy. cream? <laughs> Sink or swim. He's got it. He's got I it. just heard salad cream. I <laughs> <laughs> Name the actor who played the Raston Warrior Rose. Oh, uh, David Brill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's a ballet dancer. I'll know, I'll know his name. His first, name is, first name is Keith. Keith Duria? Keith Richards. Is <laughs> Keith Hudiak. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, question number six. 
Menagerie's Greg Jameson oh, uh, was born during the filming of which Doctor Who story? Stones of Blood. It was Stones of Blood. <laughs> John I've learned that one <laughs> several times. Um, <laughs> question number seven. Sylvester McCoy, yes, we who him. played the seventh Doctor yes. Who, starred alongside Laurence Olivier in a film version of... Dracula. Correct. Oh, really? Did he? 1979. Oh, lovely. And also, there's a story about that, how um, Laurence Olivier pushed him to one side. That's true. Greg, do you want to tell that now? Well, um, Laurence Olivier pushed Sylvester McCoy to one It's true. <laughs> someone, someone asked Sylvester, I was at a convention and someone said, what was it like working with Laurence Olivier? And, and Sylvester was very kind about it. He said, Laurence Olivier then, like in the late 70s, was a, a, a total legend. You know, he, he founded the National Theatre. He was one of the most revered actors of his generation, if not the most, along with John Gielgud and, and Ralph Richardson. Um, but he said he was totally insecure. So they yes, were making this, making this film about Dracula, where um, uh, Sylvester McCoy was playing one of the bit parts, and uh, Laurence Olivier was playing Van Helsing, like on screen loads at the time. And there's a bit where they walk through a door together, and just to get more screen time than this Sylvester McCoy guy, Laurence Olivier kind of barged him out of the way when it came to the take. You know, he was that insecure that he needed to be on screen, even though it's a shitty film in 1960. <laughs> um, who directed Image of the Fendal? No idea. Oh, God. Is it? Oh, Terence Stamp? <laughs> Homosexual. George Spenton Foster. Correct. Okay, so Sam has already won, but this is the final question. Um, how many years after the death of Patrick Troughton did television's John Thor die? Well, Trailer was 87. Thor 15 was, years. No, Thor was uh, 2000. Oh, is, this right? is he right? He's 15 years. Yeah, so six six points to two. He's Sam has the win. He's run away with it. Sam. Sam, you, you get a bun, a bun, a current bun. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lovely episode. It's lovely to have you in the camp. Yes, it's, yeah. it's monstrous, but beautiful at the same time. It's well, been a lovely episode. Sophisticated monsters. In the next episode, it's getting serious because we're going into a special. Oh. Ooh. Do What's we know that what, all about? What, what is a special? Do we know? What is have, special? Have we looked at the plan? What is special? It's, yes, it's, yes, it's listen, a two-parter. A two-parter? Two-parter. The King's Demons? <laughs> Do, do I say it now? It's the it's it's, a, it's a, uh, uh, you say it, Greg. <laughs> I've got stage fright. We're talking about one of the best eras in. You know, Ian Hope's got terrible stage fright. Yes. <laughs> what he did yeah. before he died. Is Pancre he dead? Pancreatitis. No, no, he's still alive. <laughs> John Hurt is dead. Uh, we're talking about. We're all hurting about that one. <laughs> we're talking about. Is it Patrick Troughton? No. Is it Tom Baker? No! <laughs> is it Colin Baker? No, we've no. done it. Is it Sylvester McCoy? It is! It yes, is! It We're is. talking about the Sylvester McCoy era. We are. Because there's a lot to say. There's a lot, a lot of stuff to say. So please join us again next time when we make part one of our Sylvester McCoy's machine in Doctor Who and the complete if you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie, and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing.
Doctor Who is copyright of the BBC. No infringements on copyright are intended. Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, <laughs> almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor production. <laughs> Thank you.